listening to It's a Beautiful Day in the Gulch on WFHB, community-supported radio for South Central Indiana. We meet in Bedford, Nashville, and Ellisville, or online at WFHB.org. Like, he, you shouldn't have to clean your house for the Pope. He should just forgive me. Exactly. Yeah, he, he should, like, he goes to, like, uh... He should like go to like, you know, favelas, in Brazil and stuff, and impoverished areas. Like, you know what I mean? And clean them up. He doesn't need to clean anything up, but I think he can, he can be without judgment when it comes to that. Yeah, that's true. But also, he might, uh, he might try to convert me, because he's like, look at how you're living, my son. You know. <laughs> It'd be dope if the Pope talked like that. <laughs> so Anna said something similar. I like doing just a little bit every day. You can do anything for 10 minutes. Don't take on too much at any time. Complete one task before moving to another. It's pretty fun how quickly you start to see the change. I think that's good. Just not before bed. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Stephanie. Sorry that we're just dogging on your... On your I like rather Steph- whimsical, I like Stephanie's idea. Your rather whimsical solution. Well, that's good. Maybe it would work for you. I don't think it would work for me. Uncle Cinema says, "Gather up all your friends and get each one to clean one dish." So it's kind of like the idea of inviting people over, but you don't clean before they. Yeah, come over that's the party you activity. Force them all to clean. Yeah, that's the party activity. So uh, your neighborhood dog says, "Start with making your bed." Taking a shower, sorting your laundry, colors, darks, whites. Put your dishes away before washing new ones. Make a cup of coffee and sit down and write a list while the water is boiling. Read over the list while drinking the coffee to find priorities. Reward yourself for crossing things off the list. Everyone has their own own method and style. Dave Walter says you need some paper towels. That I yeah that's true. Paper towels and spray, just some like wet stuff to clean the the counters with. That's all you need. I said I I only have toilet paper, and he said, better than nothing. But oof. Yeah. Would you rather clean your house with toilet paper or wipe your uh, private areas with uh, a paper towel? My house is a private area. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's not. Uh, it's it's not a cuss word which would you rather do i feel like it's low-key interchangeable i think the problem with uh wiping yourself with paper towels is you're really not supposed to flush paper towels down you know what i would do in that scenario what just get a chip of paper towel (laughs) don't use a whole paper towel if you're just flushing a chip that's not that's not gonna do damage to the sewer. Now you can't just rip off a whole sheet like you would. TV. Yeah, but then ha- what's your wiping style gonna be when you just have a a chip of paper towel? Very cautious, <laughs> very cautious, and very precise. I would I would uh, clean my house with toilet paper for the record. Yeah, you know, 
yeah that's definitely it's that actually is some is something that i actually did <laughs> and i gotta say it really is not it really does not work at all because toilet paper just falls apart as soon as you put like a cleaning as soon as you put like a cleaning kind of spray or something on it if you're trying to scrub some type of gunk off of like your sink or your stove it's yeah. just gonna it's 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 not gonna it's gonna leave some chips it's just gonna turn into like these dingleberries that clean to your stove basically so Sarah Sarah from Bimbo Summit says wrote me a great response <laughs> saying uh, the main thing is that every item in your house has a place where it lives that way when you tidy you're not making an overwhelming amount of decisions you're just sorting things back into place which is easy unfortunately this might necessitate getting storage if you don't have it yet you don't want to end up in a every drawer is a drunk drawer every drawer is a junk drawer situation mm -hmm. which that's pretty easy an easy <laughs> trap to fall into for sure is that your uh commentary or is that what sarah says well sarah just says you don't you don't want that yeah but we all know that's an easy thing to fall into right right on that note uh, like should be stored with like. Most people do that naturally. Like books go together. All your clothes go together. But with little uh, random objects that end up scattered, you have to think about it harder sometimes. We have one place for anything that might be considered the office supplies. One place for hardware. Also, when you're cleaning, it's best to think about in terms of tri triage. Mm-hmm. So you have a, which yeah which keeps you from getting too overwhelmed about cleaning your whole house or whatever. Start with like the grossest stuff all over the house first. Gather all your dishes, then strewn all the strewn clothes about, then random stuff on the floor. If you tackle the big stuff and still have time, then you can move to more detailed cleaning and tidying. Have you applied anyone's advice thus far? No, this all happened like today. <laughs> I like read all of these today and I was like, well, John Boyd says throw things away. But he used the S word. Do you have trash or is it stuff you have? Is it trash or is it your stuff that is messy? Or maybe you need to... to throw away your stuff Marie Kondo yeah Josiah says you should go on Queer Eye you should get Queer Eyed <laughs> that would be really good the way they would like the way I remember I used to watch that show yeah and there was like a stand up comedian and uh, he was really bad but they made him like do a stand-up comedy show and they made him like a website so his stand-up comedy could become more popular that's a great idea 
Yeah, they would like uh if you got queer eyed, they would like condescendingly uh try to promote our podcast or something like that. <laughs> They'd be like, "Hey, so when you just read p- your D- DM responses, don't do that." <laughs> They'd be like, "Write something and come up with a theme for the episode." Yeah. They would tell us to plan and stuff like that. They'd be like, we love Alex. He's such a nice guy. He just needs to boost his confidence a little. (laughs) By putting some clay in his hair and teaching him how to make guacamole. Clay? I don't think they do that anymore. I'm kind of getting the, like, 2000s 2000s queer eye mixed up. When they would just, like, come over to your house and, like, put stuff in your hair. And put candles on your table. Yeah. I haven't seen the reboot. I, I only remember the... I only remember the original one. And it was like... I feel like it must be really funny to go back and watch. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. Because like I feel like the guys they're helping are like just these kind of like really kind of schlubby 2000s guys like but then they get like these very other 2000s guys to come and put gel in their hair yeah yeah i feel like both the uh more recent queer eye and the one from 20 years ago are like equally dated somehow really yeah because the, mo- the more recent one came out in like 2017 so it was still a long time ago both are both are a long time ago. yeah i guess so people are still responding to this like jar just responded to it he said, start with a solid eight-minute sprint to get started and do all you can in that time. Repeat until you die. That's hardcore. I mean, which of these advices are you going to And Ava apply? Just respond, um, top-down method. That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah. Clutter, laundry, dishes, surfaces, then floors if you just do it really fast. What if your laundry is on your floor? You know what? I'm going to take all this advice and I'm going to just let it sort of... (laughs) You're just going to let it sink in. I'm going to put it... I'm going to put it on a pile of... of, uh, I've got this pile of advice (laughs) and I'm going to put it on the floor in my mind. Yeah. And then I'm going to sort through it. And, and put it where it lives. Put it where it lives. While you're listening to your favorite podcast. Yeah. That's good. Every day until I die. Yeah. What's your method? Uh, I just do it. I just do what I do. You just do it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm actually pretty clutter tolerant. You're pro- yeah, I feel like so your house is pretty tidy, but your office. Yeah, yeah. Your office is a mess. I'm clutter tolerant. I don't I like a clean kitchen, but I don't mind if there are books on my table. Yeah, the kitchen table. Well, this yeah, is just our multi this is our multi-purpose table. Yeah, see that's something that I wouldn't see like I didn't even notice that. Yeah. But, see, like, the books aren't in the center of the table. 
The books are kind of stacked to the side of the table as if they were pushed aside or as as if it's also sort of a counter by the door. I also I, yeah, it's that's double, this is this is the reality. Is this is like our mud room and our kitchen table. It's like you come in the house, this is the first place you put your stuff. But this is not in a mudroom sort of style position. It's dead center in the um, dining room yeah. area. Well, this is also the center of my daily activities. This is where you do all your work? Yeah. I need to take these books back to the library from a month and a half ago. Yeah, I remember you have this Book of Longing by Leonard Cohen. I remember when you rented that. Yeah. You rented that before I left. I know. It was a long time ago. That was like six weeks ago. But the ago. crazy thing about these libraries nowadays is they don't have any late fees. Wait, you rented this one from the library, from the new wing of the library. Yes, that's so correct. So you rented that like six or seven weeks ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and you can just keep books indefinitely. But I'm going to take them back because I'm a good Samaritan. So there's no fines anymore? No, I think they just eventually they might charge you for the lost book, but there's no fines. Pressure's off. Look at this picture of Leonard Cohen on the back. It's all pixelated. I know. It was probably like... Remember we were looking through this seven weeks ago and we were talking about how there's like some MS Paint drawings he made? Yeah. Like that picture is probably just like from his computer yeah. from like 1997. He's like, oh, here, take this picture. I really like it. I'm sitting by a piano and I look confused. <laughs> I didn't even realize the <laughs> piano... <laughs> It's so blurry and out of focus. He's sit, he's sit, there's the the picture is a woman playing piano, you can see. And she's like kind of almost completely cropped out and he's looking directly into the camera but kind of looks like a like an old man that is lost cuz he also looks a bit fearful or something. Yeah, and confused. I kind of want to eventually I'm going to wear hats like that. What kind of hat is that? I think it's a newsboy hat. I like this picture. I'm wearing a newsboy <laughs> hat sitting by a beautiful woman. Yeah, put that there. And he sends the file over and it's like <laughs> it looks like the it looks like when I would print off a picture in high school. Yeah. The, like that I would just take from Google Image and and or, make it bigger. And, yeah, just make it bigger in Word. <laughs> And I print it off and then hang it on my wall, like a picture of Bigfoot or an alien or something, or like a one of, Cohen. My, one of my favorite rock You're stars. listening to It's a Beautiful Day in the Gulch on WFHB. Cinderella by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. Read by Zachary Warsell. A rich man's wife became sick. And when she felt that her end was drawing near, she called her only daughter to her bedside and said, Dear child, remain pious and good. Remain our dear God will always protect you. And I will look down on you from heaven and be near you. With this, she closed her eyes and she died. <laughs> the girl went out to her mother's grave every day and wept. <laughs> And she remained pious and good.
When winter came and the snow spread a white cloth over the grave, and when the spring sun had removed it again, the man took himself another wife. This wife brought two daughters into the house with her. They were beautiful, with fair faces, but evil and dark hearts. Time soon grew very bad for the poor stepchild. Why should that stupid goose sit in the parlor with us? They said. If she wants to eat bread, then she will have to earn it. Out with this kitchen maid. They took her beautiful clothes away from her, dressed her in an old gray smock, and gave her wooden shoes. Just look at the proud princess! How decked out she is! They shouted and laughed as they led her into the kitchen. There she had to do work from morning until evening. Get up before daybreak, carry water, make the fires, cook, and wash. Besides this, the sisters did everything imaginable to hurt her. They made fun of her, scattered peas and lentils into the ashes for her so that she had to sit and pick them out again. In the evening, when she had worked herself weary, there was no bed for her. Instead, she had to sleep by the hearth in the ashes. And because she always looked dusty and dirty, they called her Cinderella. One day, it happened that the father was going to the fair, and he asked his two stepdaughters what he should bring back for them. Beautiful dresses, said the one. Pearls and jewels, said the other. And you, Cinderella, he said. What do you want? So he bought beautiful dresses, pearls, and jewels for his two stepdaughters. On his way home, as he was riding through a green thicket, a hazel twig brushed against him and knocked off his hat. Then he broke off the twig and took it with him. Arriving home, he gave his stepdaughters the things that they had asked for, and he gave Cinderella the twig from the hazel bush. Cinderella thanked him, went to her mother's grave, and planted the branch on it. And she wept so much that her tears fell upon it and watered it. It grew and became a beautiful tree. Cinderella went to this tree three times every day. And beneath it, she wept and prayed. A white bird came to the tree every time. And whenever she expressed a wish, the bird would throw down to her what she had wished for. Now it happened that the king proclaimed a festival uh, that was to last three days. All the beautiful young girls in the land were invited, naturally, so that his son could select a bride for himself. When the two stepsisters heard that they too had been invited, they were in high spirits. They called Cinderella, saying... Come on here, boys! Brush our shoes and fasten our buckles! Why are going to the festival at the king's castle? Cinderella obeyed, but wept, 
because she too would have liked to go to the dance with him. She begged her stepmother to allow her to go. You should not let her, she said. You are covered with dust and dirt, and you want to go to the festival? You have neither clothes nor shoes, and you want to dance? However, because Cinderella kept asking, the stepmother finally said, I have stirred a bowl of tinctures into the ashes for you. If you can pick them out again in two hours, then you may go with us. The girl went through the back door into the garden and called out, You tame pigeons, you turtle doves, and all you birds beneath the sky. Come and help me to gather the good ones go into the pot. The bad ones go into your crop. Two white pigeons came in through the kitchen window, and then the turtle doves, and finally all the birds beneath the sky came whirring and swarming in, and lit around the ashes. The pigeons nodded their heads and began to pick, 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 pick. And the others also began pick, 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 pick. They gathered all the good grains into the bowl. Hardly one hour had passed before they were finished, and they all flew out again. The girl took the bowl to her stepmother and was happy, thinking that now she would be allowed to go to the festival with him. But the stepmother said, No, Cinderella, you have no clothes, and you don't know how to dance. Everyone would only laugh at you. Cinderella began to cry, and then the stepmother said, You may go if you are able to pick two bowls of lentils out of the ashes for me in one hour. Thinking to herself, she will never be able to do that. The girl went through the back door into the garden and called out, You tame pigeons, you turtle doves, and all you birds beneath the sky. Come and help me to gather. To the pot and the bad ones go into your crop. Two white pigeons came in through the kitchen window, and then the turtle doves, and finally all the birds beneath the sky came whirring and swarming in and lit around the ashes. The pigeons nodded their heads and began to burp, pick, burp. pick. Pick, pick, and the others also began to pick, 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 pick. They gathered all the good grains into the bowls. Before a half hour had passed, they were finished, and they all flew out again. The girl took the bowls to her stepmother and was happy, thinking that now she would be allowed to go to the festival with them. But the stepmother said, It's no use 
you are not coming with us, for you have no clothes, and you don't know how to dance. We would be ashamed of you. With this, she turned her back on Cinderella and hurried away with her two proud daughters. Now that no one else was at home, Cinderella went to her mother's grave beneath the hazel tree and cried out, Shake and quiver, little tree, through gold and silver, down to me. Then the bird threw a gold and silver dress down to her, and slippers embroidered with silk and silver. She quickly put on the dress and went to the festival. Her stepsisters and her stepmother did not recognize her. They thought she must be a foreign princess, for she looked so beautiful in the golden dress. They never once thought it was Cinderella, for they thought that she was sitting at home in the dirt, looking for lentils in the ashes. The prince approached her, took her by the hand, and danced with her. Furthermore, he would dance with no one else. He never let go of her hand. And whenever anyone else would come and ask her to dance, he would say, She is my dance partner! She danced until evening, and then she wanted to go home. But the prince said, I will go along and escort you! For he wanted to see to whom the beautiful girl belonged. However, she eluded him and jumped into the pigeon coop. The prince waited until her father came, and then he told him that the unknown girl had jumped into the pigeon coop. The old man thought, Could it be Cinderella? He had them bring him an axe and a pick so that he could break the pigeon coop apart, but no one was inside. When they got home, Cinderella was lying in the ashes dressed in her dirty clothes. A dim little oil lamp was burning in the fireplace. Cinderella had quickly jumped down from the back of the pigeon coop and had run to the hazel tree. There she had taken off her beautiful clothes and laid them on the grave, and the bird had taken them away again. Then dressed in her gray smock, she had returned to the ashes in the kitchen. The next day, when the festival began anew, and her parents and her stepsister had gone again, Cinderella went to the hazel tree and said, Shake and quiver, little tree, Then the bird threw down an even more magnificent dress than on the preceding day. When Cinderella appeared at the festival in this dress, everyone was astonished at her beauty. The prince had waited until she came, then immediately took her by the hand and danced only with her. When others came and asked her to dance with him, he said, Hey, she's my dance partner! When evening came, she wanted to leave, and the prince followed her, wanting to see into which house she went, but she ran away from him and into the garden behind the house. A beautiful tall tree stood there on which hung the most magnificent pears. She climbed as nimbly as a squirrel into the branches and the prince did not know where she had gone. He waited until her father came and said to him, I don't know girl looted me. I think she climbed up in that pear tree over there. Yeah. The father thought, Could it be Cinderella? He had an ox brought to him and cut down the tree, but no one was in it. When they came to the kitchen, Cinderella was lying there in the ashes as usual, 
for she had jumped down from the other side of the tree, had taken the beautiful dress back to the bird in the hazel tree, and had put on her gray smock. On the third day, when her parents and sisters had gone away, Cinderella went again to her mother's grave and said to the tree, Shake and quiver, little tree, This time, the bird threw down to her a dress that was more splendid and magnificent than any she had had, and the slippers were pure gold. When she arrived at the festival in this dress, everyone was so astonished. They did not know what to say. The prince danced only with her, and whenever anyone else asked her to dance, he would say, Oh, she's mine! When evening came, Cinderella wanted to leave, and the prince tried to escort her, but she went away from him so quickly that he could not follow her. The prince, however, had set a trap. He had had the entire stairway smeared with pitch. When she ran down the stairs, she her left slipper stuck in it. The prince picked it up. It was a small and dainty and pure gold. The next morning he went with it to the man and said to him, I got this shoe now. Whoever uh, wanted to be my wife, it's going to be that girl that fits into that shoe. Here. To be continued. You're listening to It's a Beautiful Day in the Gulch on WFHB, community supported radio for South Central Indiana. Shouts out to Patrick at the uh, YMCA Bazaar. You're lifting weights at 7.30 a.m. That sounds pretty bizarre to me. I hope everyone in town has a good Saturday. The weather is nice. Enjoy it. I love you.